Hallo Freunde und herzlich willkommen zurück zum Vayu Podcast in der Olympiawoche Tag 2. Ihr habt es ja schon mitbekommen, wir haben natürlich unser wunderbares Interview mit dem lieben Urs Kaliszynski gehabt. Dann gab es eine kleine Folge, wo Micha und ich so ein bisschen rekapituliert haben, was die Unterschiede auch in der Vorbereitung sind zum Thema Bodybuilding und Powerlifting. Und heute geht es direkt weiter mit dem nächsten elitären Athleten aus dem Team. Und darum werde ich jetzt auch auf Englisch umschalten, denn wir haben zu Gast heute Wesley Wizards. So, welcome Wesley and thank you for taking the time to be with us tonight and yeah, to talk with us. Of course, a little of course. Bit. It's great. I love so, it, I love it. I love the excitement throughout the Olympia. You are very excited. You just told me. So yeah, tell us, how, how do you feel? How um, did the prep go and just, just yeah. get started? Honestly, so this, this entire year is the first year that we came from an off season with my coach, Stefan Kienzel, an incredible coach, of course. Um, so I worked with him last year to the Olympia, but I was already prepped myself. So all he could do is really bring my shape ahead at a time to the best it could be to the Olympia, but the shape was already there. But now we went from the off season towards a competition, which of course is a very different process. So now we were able to bring that off season gains with Stefan to the shows, which showed a lot more fullness, a lot more muscle maturity and a much better package. And so I feel very excited to be able to show it at the Olympia And yeah, the, the people like the, the, the people watching the audience and the, on social media, the comments have been absolutely amazing and it only fuels my excitement for, uh, for this show. How was it uh, the final week's calorie wise? Have you go, ha, had to, did you have to go that low again, like in the past or could you stay higher this time? Well, we actually were able to stay higher and that was uh, very nice. Because I went Perfect. to, like the lowest amount that I went to was 1,800 calories and 90 minutes of cardio every single day for the Oral Classic. Uh, but when I won the Yamamoto Pro in France, there was actually quite some weeks in between that show and the Olympia. But since you're already in shape, you can't keep, you know, keep pushing down yep. in calories because then you will lose your, uh, your muscle, of course. So we then did kind of like a, a maintenance phase, maintaining the weight slightly above the weight cap around 114 kilos but it could keep increasing and increasing the amount of carbs and every single time we did so i felt better i looked better but the weight didn't go up so perfect. that's uh perfect scenario the right there yeah exactly so that's that was a, a that was a great way to actually go to this show and i really haven't been incredibly hungry like i was before the first year of the year so sounds like you feel now a lot fresher than the preps in the past yes yes for sure a lot fresher even though uh like i uh, told tetzel before the podcast this is my third show in a row so the fatigue is definitely there it's not like i'm super fresh uh like i feel in the off season or anything but yes. compared to other shows i do feel a lot better and the physique also shows that the, the, like yeah. the freshness the fullness is definitely there and the funny thing is even though my weight even like uh, when i traveled here 23 hours long the next day i weighed in i had a very low body weight but even at that low body weight the physique simply looks very different much fuller yeah. so it goes to show that there's more muscle density and less uh, water less inflammation so we really went 
very efficiently into this prep with a lot more energy, basically. Perfect. Did you bring the whole family to Las Vegas, the newborn baby and the wife? Yes, yes. Not the whole family because my okay. uh, yeah, two years and three or four month old son is uh, still at home. That age is kind of okay. difficult to uh, bring to him fly. over for yep. such a long flight. So uh, but our little daughter, Laura, she just she, the, she loves to be around and she doesn't uh, walk yet anyway or crawl. So that's very much easier to, uh, to travel with. <laughs> So <laughs> with the show coming up and managing all the liabilities around that, uh, also the social media posts and the uh, every day working on the YouTube vlogs, how much of stress does that put on you or is it just part of the routine by now? So it's a lot less stress than before. Uh, I, I've been doing this since... 2016, as in uh, traveling for shows and recording the social media and the videos. But I used to do all of that myself. So I used to record everything myself, edit everything myself, do a voiceover myself as well. So that combination back then was a lot more stressful than now, because now I have uh, a very good friend and videographer or cameraman, Niels, with us, who is actually filming everything and also editing everything. And every single day at the end of the day, the video is finished without me having to do anything but be the athlete instead of also being the editor and thinking about how to do with the social media. So most of that stress is gone. And I'm very happy and fortunate that we, uh, yeah, that we met and that we're working together now. And uh, this is the, yeah, he was with us at the Arnold Classic as well in the UK, which is an incredible experience. So the social media stress in general will always be there in terms of you can't just, you know, sit back and ignore social media because it's right now a very big part of branding yourself and whatever you're associated with is very important, but it's not really stressful. I think it's a lot of, um, it's, it's a lot more motivating now because of the comments and the positive feedback I'm getting also back from social media. So it took a lot of extra pressure and stress off your back to have someone around, obviously, yeah, which is really nice. And this also, I mean, uh, in the end, stress management, as you just said, is very important. And you feel mm -hmm. better, even though you've done a couple of shows basically in a row. So this is this is something uh, we really love to see, <laughs> love to see you smile, be <laughs> with us and take the time, even though, yeah, for you, it's what it's like 11 in the morning. Yes, it's 11 in the morning. For you, oh, yeah, it's like yeah. nine hours uh, later, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, eight, eight in the evening. So <laughs> yeah, for yeah, us, yeah, the, yeah, the day is almost coming to a close, but we will get this <laughs> podcast out in time for the fans, for the people who want to listen, who want to have the updates. So it's just awesome. a couple of days uh, till the show is coming up. So are you still mm -hmm. training right now or are you resting the next couple of days? So um, we're still training. And, uh, but we're of course, lowering the intensity and the volume. The only thing that I'm not doing is lowering the amount of weight I'm lifting. I think that is something very important. Also in the pro progression I've been able to make throughout from the off season to all the last day of a contest prep, for example, keeping your lifts heavy, as long as you can recover from them is to me, one of the keys to muscle retention and to keep the fullness on my physique. 
I'm uh, pretty much six foot three or 190 centimeters, which is pretty tall. So I can't afford to lose fullness. And fullness, people think, oh, it's carbs, it's water in the muscle, but it's also pure muscle mass that you shouldn't lose during the contest prep, which for me is important. So even though I'm still lifting heavy weights, we just keep a couple of reps from failure, less sets in general. And uh, for example, legs, we don't train anymore, of course, because we don't want any fatigue in the legs to show up. We we want all the water in between the muscle cells to be gone to show a lot of details. Um, But also uh, we're gonna lower uh, the intensity more and more towards the very end, which I believe would be on a Thursday morning, which is the first carb up day. So to me, if I train on that day in the morning, it primes your body to take in all of those carbs and it just feels good as well. You don't all of a sudden want to take in a lot of food and then drop the activity at the same time. You kind of want to ease into it and it feels better as part of the structure, as part of the routine. And as long as you don't do anything crazy, nothing can really go wrong. This is, probably why I'm, this is probably why I'm such a big fan of your physique because we are about the same height. <laughs> so that's probably why I like it so much. I've already told Wesley before you were here, Micha, <laughs> that I'm his biggest, biggest fan advocating for him to be <laughs> on top of the game. But it's a very good point. What you said about the, the loads during the prep, I always uh, tell the people that what builds the muscle keeps the muscle. So exactly. you need to keep the loads high, even during prep if you want to keep as much muscle as possible. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's it's the tension on the muscle that will retain the muscle and not the amount of reps you do, not the amount of volume per se. But, but if, if the muscle doesn't experience that amount of weight, it doesn't have, have a reason to stay around. So I yeah. totally agree with you. Exactly. Yeah, so... Ost told us he's in a tunnel, basically, only listening, of course, to the people very close to him and looking at himself, trying to improve day by day to see the improvement. How about you? Did you take a look at the other athletes in your class or even in the other classes and kind of made predictions, tried to think, not not to think about like um, them as... Uh, your opponents on the on the stage, but how they developed and did you did you think about those physiques at all? Or was it just, yeah, there's other athletes, but I just focus on myself the same as us. Yeah, so a little bit of a mix. Uh, I do like to focus on myself because I know the only thing I can do and want to do is bring a better version of myself every single time. It is a cliche to say, but that is the only true way to show the judges that you truly are 100% committed to showing, you know, an improved package and to that you deserve to be, for example, in the first call out or in the top 10, which is, of course, uh, a very big goal of mine. But what I do look at is uh, my own teammates, Fabian and Urs, because they, of course, are being coached by the same coach as me. So it's always nice to see how far along are they with their conditioning. Sometimes you get a glimpse of a refi day or like a cheat meal or, you know, just watching stuff, how they handle their diet, according to Stefan and how I'm being treated. And you see that we all have different approaches and we all have different looks, but in the end, you all come together to the same best package each the three of us can provide on stage, which is awesome to see. So those guys motivate me 
watching them do everything uh, necessary to, to, to bring the best package. And that's exactly what I'm doing as well. So those guys motivate me and the rest of the classic physique uh, lineup. I honestly haven't seen anybody except, of course, Chris Bumstead, who automatically shows up somewhere in your social media feed, regardless. <laughs> regardless. But uh, that's normal. And he's the one to beat. So it's always good to see, okay, where is he at? Even though social media doesn't really show the entire objective truth always. So it's always like you can pick and choose what to, what to show, which is what I do as well, which is what everybody does. You're never going to show your worst side on social media. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I do it. So it is a tunnel vision in terms of focusing on yourself, but I also like to keep my teammates in mind and how they're looking because it's my dream to be in the same car, for example, as them. Compared to your previous looks, what have been your goals to improve for this Olympia? So especially the conditioning, uh, that is very important. The last two shows, I did bring the mass and the fullness, which I was very happy about. I was actually really surprised, especially from poses like a back double biceps, how well balanced my physique has become yeah. comparison to last year, for example, where the legs were objectively smaller than they are now. They have really grown quite, quite a lot. So I'm happy with the proportions and the balance that I'm able to bring now because you can't gain muscle mass in a contest prep, but you can lose fat and you can manipulate water in a way to show your physique in the best possible way. So conditioning is there along with still the fullness that I want to show. So, uh, you know, the glutes and the hamstrings are in a lot more, the, the striations and the separation and the quads are in more. And in general, on the entire body is showing more definition. So I want to show a high quality physique uh, without sacrificing the fullness, which I need to uh, stand out on stage. That's very interesting that you just said that you obviously know your teammates basically being coached by the same guy, not only the same sponsor, but also that Stefan is the same yeah. coach and that he still has a very individual approach for everyone, which, which goes mm -hmm. to show, of course, he's a good coach. He's, he just <laughs> doesn't yeah. take his, his table. You get this on this day and this works yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So, um, yeah, before that you, you said you were preparing uh, just for yourself. So also mm -hmm. in regard of stress management, how much does it take off you as an athlete to have someone who basically takes over the responsibility for all this planning? Oh yeah, that's, that's amazing because um, I used to coach myself for a couple of years, which means that you have to do your own diet. Uh, you're at the training, I still do myself, but that's not a stress issue, but the diet The protocols, the supplementation, the water intake, the salt intake, like in peak week. If you have to think about that, you're, uh, about it yourself, you're always thinking, oh, I can be more conditioned. I can be drier. I am still too fat. But when your coach says, okay, this is the plan, you're simply going to execute. You're not going to think about your own thoughts being, okay, maybe I can look better. No, just skip those thoughts. Your coach will decide whether this shape is good at this moment or not. For example, when you're six weeks out, you might already want to have like striations in your glutes, but that wouldn't be ideal. And a coach like Stefan with such incredible experience with Olympian athletes knows exactly how quickly you need to be in condition to show your best package 
on stage without missing your peak or peaking too early, for example, which, uh, you know, if you coach yourself, it's always going to be hard to look at yourself objectively in a mirror. As I just mentioned, you know, you wake up and uh, you look at yourself in a mirror and you see and, and in comparison, uh, in combination with your body weight, and you're like, oh, maybe I should uh, do a refeed today. But when Stefan says, no, we're going to keep going with the low carbs, and then you know, okay, now it's important to really drive down the conditioning even more where yourself might be uh, you know, less hard on yourself sometimes when you think you've been suffering for a while. So it's all these things that fall off of your shoulders when you have a coach. He simply says what to do and automatically that's like you're saying, reduces stress. And when stress is reduced, you also look better, less cortisol, less stress hormone, less water weight. So it's a win-win situation. And uh, not only is Stefan a great coach as like a knowledgeable person, but also his personality is great. You, you, I recognize the passion in him and you know, we vibe together really well. I just like to, to talk to him, to hang, hang around with him. It feels comfortable, feels good. And that also takes away a lot of, a lot of stress. So um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Perfect. Yeah, really, it really sounds that you all hold him in a really high regard and that he seems to be very, very nice to work with. And yeah, comes across not only as a professional, but also as a, so basically friend who, who takes an yeah. interest personally in you guys. So and that's, that's exactly. great to see. And as you say, uh, I also feel that it's, it's showing in all three of you guys who are competing on this absolutely highest of levels in bodybuilding. Uh, awesome. But did, did you take a look at the other classes, 212 or, or the open class? Do you have like a top top three prediction for the open class for us? Because this is a little bit outside of, of uh, the classic physique. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, the open class is going to be so difficult to predict. It's like top 10 can almost be with exception of, I think number one will be a big Rami simply because he is the biggest guy. And if he comes in shape, which I think he will be, he's simply right now, I think unbeatable in terms of if everybody comes in shape, but he simply has a lot more muscle. Of course, he is going to be the one who is going to be the winner because the open class ultimately is about showing the biggest and most conditioned bodybuilder with some shape, of course, which he has. So I think he is going to be the winner. And uh, number two and three, that's, that's, of course, very difficult. So there's a lot of people who can be number two and three, but, and maybe this is a little bit biased, I think William Bonick is going to surprise a lot of people. He has been improving a lot since, uh, you know, the, in the last year already. And he already proved back in the day that he was number two in the world uh, already. So I think William Bonick might be in the top three. But there's so many good guys who is who's who's capable of being in that top three. So I think William Bonick will be in there. And let's see, you also have, of course, um, Brandon Curry. I'm I'm just a big fan of his physique. I mean, people say things about his legs, but I saw him battling it on stage with uh, with Big Rami last year. So normally, I of course competed at the Olympia, and since I uh, landed outside of the top 10, you're, you can't uh, join the finals. So usually I, um, I, I don't stay to watch it all the way I, I, because normally the next day we'd have to go home. So I prepare everything to go home again because it runs quite late at that show. But last year I did watch and I saw 
uh, Brandon Curry on stage and I was blown away by his 3D look, especially in the side shots. And it's just, like he was like fool to the brim. And in some poses, I thought he actually beat Big Rami. But when they turn around, you can see the massive difference in leg size. But if he managed to bring those up in those poses, I think he has a very good chance of uh, yeah, once again being uh, in the top three or uh, even really challenging Big Rami for the title. So uh, I think uh, those three names are going to be high up in the list regardless. And uh, yeah, 212, I think, I hope, Keon, the prodigy, is going to end up there in the top three as well. It just looks, looks amazing and a very, very pleasing shape. And uh, he brings the conditioning, which last year he wasn't able to do so, which can happen. But if he does so this year, I think he's going to end up very, very high. Then you also have um, Sean Clarita, of course, who uh, is a previous winner. Now that Derek Lunsford is gone, the spot is open again to uh, for, for another person to win that title. So I think Sean Clarita is going to be uh, very difficult to beat there. Keon, and uh, yeah, who else do we have who's a big challenge to the throne? It's really open because it's such a big class. And also, as you just said, yeah. Derek Lunsford is gone. So it's a little bit hard to, even harder to predict maybe than uh, the other classes because in men's, <laughs> yeah. in, in the classic physique, of course, you have uh, Chris to beat and in the open class, you obviously have Rami to beat. So there, the cards are maybe not so mixed as in 212, yeah. But but thanks anyway, yeah, it's, exactly. it's really an interesting perspective because I don't think any one of us had uh, William Bonak in the top three. Uh, I'm not even sure if we had him in the top six in our prediction we did. But it's really interesting because it's a different perspective and uh, much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could I could name the same top three or top six as everybody else, but I think, like, because I mentioned it can be so mixed up that you might as well pick the guy who you think, um, you know, is going to look great anyway. And I know he's improved a lot, and I know how he can look. I've trained with him a couple of times. It's just. Like in real life, it's a cartoon character. It's just, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. So, you know, I also uh, think it would be an amazing thing for him to be in the top three again. So, so yeah. But we also had the feeling that this Olympia is probably, in terms of competitiveness, one of the ones that's really going to be remembered. Uh, in uh, Basically in all classes, um, especially, of course, yeah. in the open class and in the classic physique, it's uh, such a tight field and... Uh, so yeah. many things, so many things can happen, as you just said, uh, as when William Bonek has increased as much as you just said, everything is in the cards for him, maybe. And also on a day, just let's just pretend that Bumstead's going to be a little bit off. Then they mm -hmm. might look at a completely different type of physique, look at someone else and then adjust every rating basically towards this kind of physique. And it might might be a little bit of a shift. So this is also something that's, for me at least, very interesting to see. So are we going to see just a returning champion or maybe a shift in, in what the judges are looking for on that particular day because something is off? There was the discussion with Bumstead about the biceps and stuff. So uh, I yeah. think it's, it's just minor thing, but let's see. <laughs> Yeah, you never know. You never know. But uh, it might, might also just be smart marketing that he's doing. 
Yeah, because, uh, yeah, <laughs> you just know you just don't know, but I do know that uh, there are so many athletes. If anything is off with him, they have plenty of other physiques to choose from to uh, to see who is uh, going to be the next classic physique template, basically. But up until now, Chris has been doing pretty good, so I think uh, that won't be an issue for him. But we'll see. Wesley, what what are your own expectations for the Olympia, ex except bringing your best package and being the best version of yourself? Do you have any kind of placing in mind when you can say, okay, I would be happy with that? Do you have a certain goal placing-wise in, in, in the back of your mind? So happy I would be with a top 10 placing. I simply want to be in the top 10. I've been uh, number 11 for two years in a row. And the last year I was 11th, but I beat a lot of guys that placed ahead of me the year before, where yeah. I also played 11th. So basically, it's a higher placing, even though the number is the same. So if I end up in the top 10 now, not only would the number be better, but I would have beaten a lot more guys again. Yeah. So that would be in a big improvement. So that's why even though it's one placing different, maybe, you will have shown everybody that you are moving up in the ranking in general. Uh, and that's really what I would be happy with. But the dream is the first call out. That would be yeah. really the dream. And to be honest, everything has to be absolutely on point for that to happen. I realize this. So the fullness, conditioning and presentation all have to be perfect for that to happen. So I'm very aware of that. If anything of those goes wrong, even 1%, then the first call out It's going to be very difficult because there's yeah so many good great athletes that will there's bound to be at least six who's going to be perfectly peaked so i gotta be one of them if i want to be in the top six for sure <laughs> that would be absolutely awesome and uh our thumbs are definitely pressed for that as we say and uh thank you you are you are probably one of the tallest guys on stage uh, even might be the tallest in the class um, what, what's your weight limit for you because of your height? So, yeah, I, yeah, that's always difficult to say, but I all, I always go for 247 pounds or 112 kilos. So that's my official weight limit that I will be safe at. But half of the time I am measured one centimeter taller or actually my official height would be a weight limit of 116 kilos, which is four kilos more than what I'm going for now. Uh, but I do think it's safer to go for the 112 because it forces you down in terms of conditioning. You don't want to feel too safe um, because every time I had to force myself down in weight, uh, I looked my best. And even though I was being measured and like, oh, you're allowed to weigh uh, six kilos more now. Uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't matter anymore. And you don't want to run around or walk around with the stress knowing that, okay, I weigh above my previous weight limit of 112, so maybe around 114. And even though I might be able to weigh 116, maybe they're not going to measure me as tall. And then you're screwed because yeah. you can't lose two or three kilos in like half an hour, which is usually yeah. the official time you have to lose that, that weight. So I don't want to risk that. So I don't want to stress it out. But I do hope that in the future, hopefully the near future, they're going to standardize the measurements in terms of yeah. height. Just do it once or yeah. once every 
every period or something or once every other year or something so that you at least know, okay, for the rest of the year or the rest of these two years, this is going to be my weight. Because, yeah, uh, then you, it would be awesome if I had higher weight limit like set in stone so I can really go for the off season and then also do the prep in a different way. Instead of now, if I don't get quite below the weight limit, because we're going to weigh in at 8 PM in the evening. So that oh. means you have to actually, um, yeah, you've got to look at with Faster. food. It's going to, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult with water. So if I could weigh a bit heavier, that would make that process a lot easier as well. So, uh, yeah, that's my hope for the future. Are so you starting you... the carb up before or after the, the, the weigh-in? So right now, me and Stefan decided to do it after the weigh-in. So yeah, probably be I'll, be, yeah, yeah. I'll probably be taking like a carb meal with me right when I weigh in. I eat it right there and then yeah. the carb yeah. basically started. Um, but honestly, I think it's safer for me if I carb up a little less compared yeah. to 1% too much because then yeah. you lose the Olympia conditioning, which is more important than having like 100% fullness. You want yeah. 100% conditioning and maybe 90% fullness, but not the other way around. But yeah, you mentioned you, you, you mentioned you, you stayed full of this prep because you could eat more. Um, are you a guy who typically needs a lot of carbs to, to fill out or... Or do you believe this time, because you maintain more fullness, you maybe need less carbs? Yeah, I think um, when I look at the previous show in France, I needed, I actually ate less carbs than for the Arnold, and it brought the same fullness, but with better shape and conditioning because it yeah. held onto less water. So maybe at the Arnold, I spilled over like 5%, and it showed like on the back double bicep in the glute and hamstring area. So I, you know, it's still close to 2000 grams of carbs that I would need to fill out, but anything over that is going to be a risk to, uh, to spill over anyway, uh, especially because you won't be so active during those days. Like if I'm like in the off season, I need a lot of calories to even uh, gain weight because then you're also active and you're training hard, but not right now it's not the case. So it's, it's, it would be very strange to have to carve up so much when you're not really doing much anyway. So then something is wrong with the absorption or how you ratio your water to carbs to sodium. But if that is dialed in, you shouldn't really need that many carbs to fill out. Yeah, true. And also you just mentioned that you in the off season need a lot of calories to actually gain weight. Um, it just goes to show again, you're already a very big guy. So do you have to kind of step on the brake a little bit because of that not standardized measurement and the uh, weight you have to fill out every time you step on stage? Sometimes, as you just said, 112, sometimes 116 kg. So uh, how many calories do you actually eat to basically kind of maintain the game train <laughs> and uh, yeah what, what's like your off-season body weight you can comfortably cut down to the 112 from so last year my body weight went up to 128 kilos and i it didn't matter how much i ate i couldn't get above it so if i would if i had to eat more it would have messed up my digestion would have messed up my gym performance so at that moment, me and Stefan decided, okay, we're going to lower the diet again and move towards a lower body fat to get a good starting point for a prep. 
So it was around six to six thousand five hundred calories that I ate. Wow! And uh, you know that's uh, that's quite a lot, especially when the fats are reasonably low compared to the carbs. So it's a lot of volume, and uh, the protein uh, is is up there as well. So that's pretty much it's a lot of volume, and for digestion, it's going to be a challenge as well if you have to do it day in day out. Um, but um, honestly. As long as the conditioning and the off season is still acceptable, the body weight can go up as high as it as possible. Because I believe, even though I might weigh a lot more than my weight limit for classic physique is, like if I weigh like 135 kilos, but most of that is quality weight. When I drop down, what is going to be left is a lot more quality as well. It's better to you know to gain more muscle in the off season than to maybe sacrifice a little bit of that towards the end to make weight than gaining like not that muscle and, and, you know, not being able to fill out like weak body parts, like the, like glutes or hamstrings or the legs in general, because you're afraid that you won't make the weight. So I want to gain the muscle in the right places, even if it takes me up to a new body weight and I'll still be able to drop down to uh, the body weight necessary to compete. But then with different proportions, better proportions, like a better package overall, and I think uh, having more muscle mass as well is going to help with dying down anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's almost anybody in classic physique who's going to gain too much muscle in the off season um, for to make a weight limit in the classic physique, uh, unless they're not truly a classic physique competitor. Because normally if you gain muscle that quickly and that easily, then you're more of an open bodybuilder because then why not do the open, right? I mean, uh, you can still show your classic shape in the open because you're, you don't fit into your weight category anymore. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I think about that. True. You can't gain enough muscle. I think those are wise words, my friends. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I completely, yeah. I completely feel you. I'm, I'm, uh, as I said, I'm about, uh, 63 as well, 191 centimeters. I need about 5,000 calories to maintain weight. So even a little bit less than you. But um, of course, for me as a strongman, I don't do much cardio <laughs> and a lot less volume probably than you do. So um, we've kept you for about half an hour. We don't want to stress you out too much. Micha, do you have any more questions uh, or can we give Wesley. <laughs> no, I think up. we bothered Wesley enough. Um, I just <laughs> want to wish him all the best. Wesley, I would love to see you in the first callout. Um, Thank you. We, we said we, we would have you in our first callout. And thumbs up. Oh, for I appreciate that. Thank weekend. you. And we will have our fingers crossed for you. Yeah. Thank best you very much. Uh, have yeah, a great I'm incredibly time. excited. Have a great time. Have fun with uh, however it goes. Yeah, we are rooting for you and for the other guys as well. And we just want to see you guys perform at your very, very best. And oh, yeah, one one last question, because I think this is something uh, very personal, but also very interesting. Um, do you have like right before or after the show, like a kind of ritual you, that you do? Um, well, not really uh, an interesting ritual. But after the show, it's, a, it's more of a tip for people who like to binge at the shows. Like take a bottle like this, but then a bottle like of two liters and drink it right away. Like once you're done with your show, water is the number one thing. That is a big ritual for me. 
And it prevents all the stories of gaining like 10 kilos of body weight in a week because you're holding on to a lot of water. The number one thing you want to do is drink an enormous amount of water until you feel full and you don't even want to eat anymore. That is always my post-show ritual. And it allows me to stay in shape for like weeks after the show, whereas other people, they look like water buffaloes maybe because they skip that one important first step towards the rest of the steps you need to take to uh, to uh, yeah to keep your physique looking great after the show and before the show I, d- I just like to lay uh, down backstage with like uh, these uh, era phones in listening to the posing music uh, doing like poses inside of my head the routine a couple of times and also doing the routine literally backstage just to get into the groove and then um, yeah simply uh, rock and roll on stage awesome thank you so much uh, we'll Will we will we see each other in January in Vienna? Yes, I'll be there. That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Okay, once more, best of luck, Wesley. Thank you so much. Uh, have a great time. And also a shout out and uh, say hi to your wife <laughs> and your little ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you. Okay, liebe Freunde des Vayu-Podcasts, wir wechseln nochmal auf Deutsch rüber. Wesley, you can log off now. We, we'll just continue to talk for five minutes or so. Um, genau, der Wesley hat noch zugeschaut gerade. Wir sind noch ein paar Minuten für euch da. Ja, also ich hoffe natürlich, dass ihr es verstehen konntet. Wir hatten ganz klein, seiner, klein wenig seinerseits Probleme mit der Audioqualität. Ich hoffe, dass trotzdem alles verständlich war. Ja, was soll ich sagen, Micha? Ich habe es eben schon gesagt, ich habe es eben schon erwähnt. Ich bin natürlich ein großer Fan seiner Physik. Er ist ein großer Athlet. Finde ich immer toll. Ach, ich also drücke ihm so die Daumen. Sagen, je, je mehr ich ihn kennenlerne und seitdem er jetzt bei uns im Team ist, hatte ich ja das, das Vergnügen, ihn näher kennenzulernen. Und er ist einfach so ein positiver, freundlicher Mensch, so down to earth, ja, hat, hat, hat so null irgendwelche Star-Allüren oder sonst irgendwas, ja. Also er ist so ein lieber Kerl. Also ich bin, ich bin wirklich riesen Wesley-Fan geworden und, und ich würde ihm, ich würde ihm diesen First Callout so wünschen. Ich, ich halte ihn zwar für relativ unrealistisch, kommt jetzt darauf an, wie viele Leute in diesem First Callout sein werden, aber an die Top 10 glaube ich ganz fest. Ja, ich auch. Für ihn und für uns. Und ich meine, wie klasse wäre es natürlich einerseits für Stefan und auch für uns, wenn wir sagen können, Team Vario ESN hat einfach drei Top Ten Olympioniken. Ja. Weil bei ja. Fabi zweifle ich tatsächlich einfach gar nicht dran. Bei Urs reden wir hier von ehrlich gesagt Top 2, wenn du mich fragst. Und das wäre ja. natürlich nochmal super, super klasse. Also die Daumen sind natürlich auch von unserer Seite gedrückt. Ihr merkt wir sind auch immer aufgeregter. Wir sind natürlich auch einfach Fans. Wir machen den Sport selber, ja. wir sind so lange dabei. Aber jetzt, je näher es rückt und wenn man natürlich auch noch die Chance hat, mit den Jungs ein bisschen zu sprechen, Wahnsinn. Also das Kribbeln im Bauch ist da und... Auch wir werden euch natürlich weiter auf dem Laufenden halten und euch gar nicht zu lange binden. Heute hier knapp über ein halbes Stündchen. Morgen geht's unsererseits schon weiter mit gerade besagtem Fabi. Der ist morgen für uns da, wird uns Rede und Antwort stehen. Er ist ein bisschen später angereist, hat aber vorhin auch schon gepostet. Er ist jetzt doch so langsam richtig angekommen in Las Vegas. Ja, habe ja. erste Formcheck schon aus Vegas gesehen. Also alles safe, alles gut. 
alles da, wo es sein soll. Ja. Wahnsinn. Ja, sehr, sehr interessant und natürlich auch nochmal sehr spannend, was dann auch ein Bodybuilder einfach essen muss mit diesem zusätzlichen Trainingsvolumen und der Trainingsfrequenz, die man ja hat im Vergleich. Äh, das wo, ist dann schon Wahnsinn. Wobei ich echt sagen muss, Stefan ist ja mein, mein, mein bester Freund seit über zehn Jahren und, und Stefan hat gesagt, also Wesley ist der Athlet mit dem schlechtesten Stoffwechsel, mit dem er bis jetzt je zusammengearbeitet hat. Ja, also also dass ein Athlet mit, mit 112 Kilo auf, auf knapp 2000 Kalorien runtergehen muss bei 90 Minuten Cardio. Also jeder, der schon mal eine Diät gemacht hat, ja, kann sich annähernd vorstellen, was das bedeutet, bei so einer Muskelmasse so wenig Kalorien äh, zu essen und so viel Cardio machen zu müssen. Also ich habe es ihm heute richtig angesehen, dass es in dieser Prep wesentlich besser geht als im Vergangenen. Ich kann das leider komplett nachvollziehen, als großer Junge. Bei mir ist es ja auch so, wir hatten schon mal das Thema mit dem Wendern, Cutten, dann radikal, damit es auch wirklich putzelt. Sonst ist das auch nur so ein Kleckern bei mir. Aber dennoch, er hat es ja gut durchgezogen und auch von ja. ihm die Formsachen, die wir gesehen haben. Wesley ist in Shape und wir drücken für die letzten Tage sowas von die Daumen. Ja. Vor allem Symmetrie hat er großartig verbessert, muss man muss man nochmal dazu sagen. Also diese Oberkörper-Unterkörper-Disbalance ist überhaupt nicht mehr gegeben. Also wenn sie die Form hinbringen und da vertraue ich 100% auf den Stefan, dass er die hinbringen wird, dann wird es dieses Jahr meiner Meinung nach, wenn er nicht in irgendeiner Art und Weise übersehen wird, muss das eine Top-10-Platzierung werden. Also wäre ganz traurig, wenn sie ihn übersehen. Enttäuscht, gesagt, ja, ja, er ich, ist wahrscheinlich der größte ja. Athlet auf der Bühne. <lacht> <lacht> und auch er, da auch das, wir haben es bei Urs betont, auch Wesley fällt für mich genau unter diese Kategorie. Er hat halt auch diesen Look. Er ist halt auch so dieser, dieser Typ, auch ja, auf dem schon. Gesicht. Ja, er ist halt so ein, er ist so ein Charakter. Ja, und, und das finde ich an ihm ganz, ganz klasse. Also will der Fabi auch gar nichts wegnehmen in irgendeiner Form, aber auch so dieser... Ne, Urs ist ja so der, der Johnny Bravo-Look, fast schon, sage ja. ich immer so ein bisschen spaßeshalber. Ne? Und, äh, aber auch, auch Wesley hat so einen sehr, sehr Charakterkopf irgendwie und ich, ich finde es halt super und hoffe einfach das Beste für ihn, wie für alle anderen Jungs natürlich auch. Ja, Micha, Mensch, knackig und kompakt heute. Morgen sind wir mit Fabi Meyer zurück, der ja. ebenfalls den Look hat. Und ja, First Callout, das wäre der Traum. Wir schauen, ob Träume wahr werden bei diesem Mr. Olympia 2022. Das war der Vayu-Cast dann für heute. Geht natürlich auch heute noch online. Das heißt, ihr bekommt den Dienstag spätabends aus unserer Sicht. Wie gesagt, wir sind ja immer ein bisschen hinterher. <lacht> Aber wollen euch so engmaschig wie möglich hier versorgen. Vielen, vielen Dank also an alle Zuhörer. Und ihr dürft natürlich gerne weitersagen, dass ihr den Vario-Podcast hört, dass ihr hier die Infos kriegt, nicht nur zu Mr. Olympia, sondern um Kraftsport allgemein. Natürlich normalerweise mit Dennis Ratano, Tobi Hane, mit Michael Schneider und eurem Tetzel. Vielen, vielen Dank für die Aufmerksamkeit und euch noch eine gute Nacht. Ja. Oder einen guten Tag, falls es morgen hört, Freunde. Also, <lacht> bis dahin. Macht's gut.